0: Hello, my name is Rebecca Hitt, and I'm part of the tax, retirement, and estate planning team for CI Global Asset Management's Advisor Consulting Group. Today, I'm going to talk to you about in-trust accounts, ITFs as we often call them. Uh, Essentially, ITFs are a tool for adults to set aside funds for minor children, allowing the adult account holder to make investment decisions on behalf of minor beneficiaries and potentially split income for tax purposes. ITFs can also uh, serve as asset protectors for a child and help in inheritance arrangements because minors can't directly accept a gift under a will. Now, who reports the income for tax purposes depends on the legal relationship underlying the account and whether the attribution rules of the Income Tax Act will apply. What is a trust? A trust is a relationship. It's a relationship between the contributor, a trustee, and a beneficiary that separates legal ownership from beneficial ownership of the trust property. At common law, three certainties must be present for a trust to exist. Number one, certainty of intention to establish the trust. Number two, certainty of beneficiaries, which are the object of the trust. And number three, certainty of trust property, which is the subject matter of the trust. While written documentation is not required for a valid trust to exist, it is advisable to evidence the three certainties and the terms of the relationship. The intentions to establish a trust is particularly difficult to prove without a formal trust deed. A formal trust uh, is created um, during the lifetime of the settler through a written and properly executed trust deed. It spells out the terms and the conditions of the trust and best evidences the three certainties. In the case of a trust created under the terms of the will, of someone's will, the governing document is a will. Any related bank or investment accounts opened should operate subject to the terms of the trust deed or the will. An informal trust, including an ITF account, generally is evidenced only by the opening of an investment or bank account. ITFs are often set up by a contributor who acts also as the sole trustee. This is a situation that can, can trigger attribution under Section 75 Bracket 2 of the Income Tax Act because the contributor can continue to control the trust property in his or her capacity as sole trustee. If subsection 75 bracket two applies, then essentially the trust is a look through for tax purposes and all income gains losses simply are taxed in the contributor's hands. Informal trusts typically lack documentation regarding the three certainties, and once the beneficiary reaches the age of majority in their province, they are legally entitled to the assets of the trust. So some considerations, in addition to exposure to uh, section 75 bracket 2 of the Act, are um, in play when you're thinking about setting up an in-trust account. Now, transfers of beneficial ownership, uh, whether this is direct by by gift or indirect through a trust, They are taxable dispositions in the hands of the transferor. This is why funding such transfers are typically recommended to be done with cash or unappreciated assets because the taxable disposition then isn't subject to capital gain. Where the transferor is acting as agent for the beneficiary of the ITF account or guardian of property for the beneficiary, Um, then um, there is no disposition for tax purposes. How are ITFs taxed? Well, if there's no uh, transfer of beneficial ownership, um, then it's really a non-event. Everything continues to be taxed in the original owner's hands. Were the account holders acting as agent or guardian of property for the beneficiary? Then subject to the attribution rules of the Income Tax Act, all income and, and gains would be taxed in the beneficiary's hands. Where the three certainties are present and the ITF is considered a trust, trusts are taxed as separate individuals under the ITA, and the CRA makes no distinction between a formal trust and an informal trust for tax purposes, including the requirement by the trustee to file a tax return on an annual basis. If the ITF is a trust, then trust income that is not paid or payable to a beneficiary or attributed back to the transfer is taxed in the trust at top marginal tax rates. If upon review of the facts, the CRA determines that the ITF is not a trust, then all income and gains since inception could attribute back to the contributor, resulting in arrears, taxes, and penalties in their hands. Note that attribution does not apply to an inheritance situation or to most arms length transfers. With respect to attribution, where the ITF account is a trust and where subsection 75 bracket two does not apply, then first generation income only attributes back to the transferor. Uh, Second generation income and taxable capital gains can be taxed in the child's hands. Where the ITF is not a trust, then first-generation income may attribute back to the transfer also, and second-generation generation income and taxable capital gain um, would be taxed in the hands of the child. So very similar result, the difference being where you have a trust in play and tr- attribution does not apply, and income is not made payable to a beneficiary, then it would be taxed inside the trust. If the transfer passes away, attribution ceases and all future income earned in the account is taxed in the child's hands. If the trustee passes before the beneficiary reaches the age of majority, the trustee's will should be reviewed to determine if an alternate trustee is named. If a new trustee is not found, then the estate could maintain authority over the account until the beneficiary reaches the age of majority and is able to take control of the account. If the beneficiary passes before reaching the age of majority, the funds fall to that child beneficiary's estate to be distributed according to the laws of intestacy in the jurisdiction that the child lived, assuming that the child as a minor does not have a will. What this means is that if someone opened an account for a minor who is not their child, the contributor will lose account, lose, pardon me, control over the funds of the account if that child dies. Where an ITF is set up to accommodate an inheritance received by a minor beneficiary under a will, the terms of the will govern the timing and distribution of income and capital to of the trust, pardon me, to the beneficiary. This is true across Canada, except in the province of Quebec, where legislation there requires the beneficiary take ownership of the ITF assets at the age of 18. Some final considerations, having no trustee to establish guidelines regarding how to manage an ITF does expose the trustee to legal action on the part of a beneficiary who feels that the account has not been properly managed. Contributions to an ITF are also irrevocable. They cannot be redirected or returned to the contributor without serious consequences, including, again, that risk that a beneficiary could make a claim for the capital and earnings of the account since inception. Some alternatives, perhaps, consider an RESP. Consider simply paying for certain expenses of the child or grandchild during the contributor's lifetime, perhaps setting up a formal trust using a prescribed rate loan strategy to avoid the attribution rules while the beneficiaries are minors, or even waiting until the beneficiary turns age of 18 and contributing to a TFSA on their behalf. Whether an ITF account or one of these alternatives is best served for the situation really depends upon the resources, the goals, And the objectives of the contributors and the needs of the beneficiaries involved. Thank you very much for your time. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.